Yo, what's good, yo? We yeah. back with season two. Um, yeah, we about to get go. real New York on um, yeah. So I'm saying, like, it's follow, subscribe. Yeah. And y'all, we finna be it's live. Getting, you'll be back again. So tell your friends to tell your ratchet ass friends. Thought we was gone, but nah, no, we ain't. That you got rid of us, but no, no, you can't. Yeah. Welcome back, Pontificators. It's me, your girl, Asia. And I'm Ty. And we are the Pontificating Podcast. And we're here once again to uh, share with you some of the thoughts that we have that make it out of the group chat. <laughs> that, is, that is the succinct way to put it. Um, so, Ty, you want to go first? Would you, is it just me? Yes. Okay. So, my is it just me is I, whatever... Is it just me? Or is the laundromat feeling a little bit like the check cashier place? <laughs> it's getting tricky and dicey in here. Like, not to like be all like too, too, beep, beep, but like I grew up with a washer and dryer. Not that I'm not foreign to going to the laundromat for punishment. My grandmother would make us go to the laundromat. For punishment? Was, yeah. She'd be like, oh, y'all let the laundry pile up. You're not going to wash all the stuff so y'all me and my my younger cousin we used to have to go to the laundromat and when I say we would cry and mm. I was like I had to be like 14 15 years old and he was oh. like like we were crying like the laundromat why are you being so dramatic um but yeah so like I don't I live in a place that I don't have a, a unit washer dryer or in building so I have to go to the laundromat and I went to I usually go to one place but they're closed on Wednesdays I needed to wash my clothes and it's I just be in there fighting for my life, fighting for my life. One guy, one time I went, I had two big bags, so I couldn't. This is not like the laundromat that tells you the time and you can just like mm-hmm. come back later. You have to watch your clothes, mm-hmm. okay? You have to watch your clothes. This man was violently just like farting and talking to himself the entire time, and I was like. Why am I having to do with, deal with this? Farting violently is so crazy. And talking to himself loudly and looking around to make sure like nobody is like, or I don't know, make sure, but to see if somebody's going to say something to, to him or like whatever. And I was like, I'm not going to make eye contact with you. Yes, we know that it is you smelling like this on this side of the fucking laundromat, but I'm not going to say anything to you. I'm not even going to acknowledge your existence because that's yeah. what you want. But also I was like, I already don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. I already don't want to be here. And why are you making my experience so terrible? Yeah. So terrible. And then the other time I went, it's just like the, the crackheads that come inside, like whatever, sell your things, but then you want to fight with it. Like, why are we getting into fights at the laundromat? First of all, no one wants to be there. No one wants to be there. As someone who also grew up with an in-unit laundry for probably hasn't, I don't think it's been 10 years without one yet. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Like before, before my building got one, I had to go. So you know, I was, you know, I was getting up at five a.m. to go wash clothes. Yes, you were. I was washing clothes at five a.m. because I didn't want to deal with nobody. I didn't want to deal with no bums, no crackheads, no nothing. I wanted to get in and out, and it was it was okay. But it was also five a.m. And the few times I went, like during regular hours, it was absolutely terrible. One time I saw a kid get inside the dryer. Why? So I stopped using bottom dryers because I didn't want my clean clothes where someone where some kid's foot was. One time I saw a crackhead come in and start doing crack on the, the table where you fold your clothes. So now I just bag my shit up and go home. And I try and get crack in my clothes. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you go it's, to put your clothes and you come back with crack residue. That's insane. That's crazy. That's insane. And I honestly cannot wait until I have enough disposable income to send my laundry out because it was a, they would pick it up and drop it off and fold it in and do the I, I get it I do understand that this is a first world is it just me but I, I, we have to have safe spaces to do the things in community and the things that you have to do right like you have to wash your clothes I have to wash my clothes like I don't even go to check out your places no more if I need a money order I'm at the post office which is also a hellscape of a place yeah, yeah, uh, one worker 
one work we have two where i'm at oh. it's a small space they're not open every day either because it's so small and one lady is absolutely abysmally rude but funny and the other one is just working so hard and she's so disgruntled because she's working so hard mm-hmm. so i get it and i'm just like i can accept this level of ratchetness because the post office is my limit because right. you can't escape going to the post office mm-hmm. you can work around going to the laundromat yeah if you have the money, but like at a dollar a pound, I don't have the money. Right. Because it would probably cost me like $200 to do my laundry and it mm. cost me like $55 to do it myself. Would it make sense to wash more often to send it out? No, it would make 100%. Like if I were to wash all my clothes and be like a regular person and just send it out, I wouldn't mind. Well, I, I would because I'm like, oh, I can do this laundry load for like $15 and it would probably be like $35, $40. If I were to send it out, which also I'm like, I could probably eat that cost too. How much does a, a one bag of laundry cost you think? I mean, sorry. So how, how heavy is the one, a one oh, bag Oh, I laundry? used to, I used to weigh it. So I have super large bags. So one bag of laundry for me is like $35. Oh, okay. And it's, th- it's $35 a pound. And then it's like plus the tip or whatever. That is a lot of money. It is a lot of money. Because yeah. I could do that whole one bag of laundry for what like thirteen dollars? Yeah, cause I wash. I wash. I'm trying to do one one bag per week or every two weeks, mm-hmm. and I really it's usually like ten dollars to wash yeah. the whole bag of clothes. It would be cheaper if I were to like go to the laundromat and drop it off. But if I'm going to drop the laundry off, I might as well just do it since I'm there. Since you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're gonna pick it up from my door, if it's giving door to door service, as you say, whatever you like, my king. <laughs> whatever you like. Oof, 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 oof. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, but it, I just I I go to the laundromat and I'm af- I'm a little bit afraid. That's crazy. Yeah. Not the girl that used to have blades under her tongue and afraid to go to the laundromat. Life comes at you fast. Life comes at you fast. Uh, mine is just me. It's also about public spaces. Can we bring back the six feet apart? <laughs> Honestly, it was so pleasant. I hate people riding my motherfucking butthole. The other day I was checking into the gym and um, I was using my phone to scan in because I left my keys in my car, whatever the point is. I'm like trying to scan and this lady was like, I put my elbow back to like adjust my standing and I almost hit her and I'm like, you want to go? Like you want to, you want to hop in here? And she was old, but I give a fuck, back up. First of all, you should definitely back up your old ass. And I just hate, like I really, I do miss the six feet apart. I do, yeah. People are, I hate when people are like in my transaction, like, are we, I remember when I was working at, um, I was, I was working at a store and, uh, this lady came up and I mean, I was racial profiling cause that's the right. It was a, a Hispanic family and very close by was a black, a black lady. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are you with her? And she's like, no. I'm like, you got to back up. Like you're, are you part of this family? Cause you're in the mix. Like you're in Holy shit. Like, you can see her pin. You have to back up. And she's like, back there? Yeah, that's where the line is. You have to wait until I call you up here. Like, why are you so close to this family? Well, that's... Back the fuck up. Outside of just, you know, COVID, whatever. Like, people are putting their pins in. People are doing private transactions. People are being declined. Who the hell... <laughs> why are you on my back? Okay, if this, if this card doesn't go through, you got to take your card out? No, right. back the fuck up. I just... I truly hate how close people stand to people, especially when they're paying. I, I can understand when you're online because, you know, it's not always a big space. Mm-hmm. But when someone's paying for their stuff, you cannot be on their butt. Like, you, it's insane to me. And I really miss the time of people having social distancing, um, like, mindset. Yeah. Now there's none of it. Now that we're back to freaking mouth to mouth everywhere we go. Back to back. Your front to my butt. <laughs> like, it really is. <laughs> I missed the little social cues where you were like some people who weren't aware that they were too close and then you stand sideways and then they were like, oh, okay. Right. Like, yeah, right. yeah, back up. Now they move back up. up. Now they just like, oh. like, no, you're literally infringing on my personal space. Yeah. Like, dang, I can't even poo in peace. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Lord have mercy, girl, back up. Yeah, that is really driving me crazy. And I'm like, I just want you to back up. Why also why do you be next to me? You know me. Mm-mm. Is your is your space not, not important to you? You know what it is? So people I'm like, if you miss physical touch that much, then maybe that'll be my side business. 
They do not want to cuddle people. That's that what I was thinking. I was like, that's what's up. The cuddle biz. But I'm like, I just can't imagine. I can't imagine going to into people's homes. To, like, getting into your bed to cuddle you. Like, I do deeply believe that people need physical touch. Like, I was at work one day, and I had what I felt like was I inappropriately touched this girl. Mm-hmm. But I was just trying to, like, move her out the way. And I, like, touched her on, like, her lower back, like, towards the back. Like, like as a man would, like, move mm-hmm. you out the way. And that's what I did to her. And I just, like, shifted her out the way. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not a man. That was crazy. She was like, oh, no, that was nice. Some, nobody has done that, like, touched me in that way in a long time. And I was like, first of all, I was like, oh. And I, of course, because I'm me and I'm anxiety-ridden, I was like, oh, my gosh, she's being passive aggressive. Like, she really mm-hmm. just, I really just overstepped. And I was just, I felt so terribly wrong but she was like no like I really mean it like I she was like I haven't been touched like that like it it was a nice like reminder and I was like we are touch deprived we are so touch deprived some of us some of us are touch deprived and I'm like this is so sad that's actually very sad it's so sad yeah I was like oh lord have mercy if I see, I couldn't do the cuddle business for a gauntlet of reasons, and I would also be very discriminatory. And I don't know how long my business will last because I would need to, first of all, not find you repulsive as a human. I mean, there are people that like don't talk about. I mean, I just personally I don't like cuddling, but I'll do like a little sensory touch. I love cuddling. I know you say this all the time. The way that you, the way that I feel about kissing is the way you feel about cuddling. And I just, I can't, and vice versa. I love I cuddling. cuddling. But it's funny because I hate hugging. No, and now that I have like this neuropathy in my hand, I can't. Like, no, that's too much. It's too much going on. Back up. Let's entwine our legs in some kind of way. Don't. That's cuddling, no. No, but like front to front. Don't like just the legs. Just the legs. What are your arms doing? Everybody arms is to what? themselves. Like, yeah, like, like a little. T-rex? Like, yeah, like a little, you know? No. Yeah. And, but everybody's tops belong to themselves what? in their own personal space. I can't stand it. It's too much. And it's like, oh my God, is my head too heavy? Uh, is this comfortable? Oh my God, do you have a, is there enough support? Uh, it's too there are, many There are things. a lot of questions. Right, there it's are, too much. Not it's not uh, a thing that you can just like feel your, like kissing, you can feel your way through it. Like mm-hmm. you can, you know, it's just, it's instinctual. That's what it is. Kissing is instinctual. Cuddling is literally mathematics. No, it does take a lot of and physics. Yeah. No, of, like, thank you. A lot of reassuring, a lot mm-hmm. of nasty questions and. Yeah, does your arm hurt? Is your arm asleep? Is your arm okay here? Actually, my arm is not okay here. My head hurts. It's too much. It is a lot. You can't relax. You can? No. (laughs) There are much other enjoyable ways that I can be uncomfortable. (laughs) And cuddling is a do. I do love it. It's only one of my favorite things to do. No. No, it's okay. Let me me read your scalp or something. Something else. (laughs) Let's do something else intimate. Like, please don't ask me to cuddle. <laughs> Dear Lord. That is so funny. No. I will panic. That's hilarious. But, yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, that's a natural way for us to end our segment. And, guys, you know what time it is. It's the time. It's the hour. It's the begging hour. Guys, please. We would appreciate if you would share this podcast on all social media forums. Um, Share it to your friends in SMS, text message, iMessage, all that stuff. Um, We would greatly appreciate it. It will help us fund our dreams and yours (laughs) to make this podcast um, as good as it can be, honestly. Yeah. That's truly, that's it. That's it this week. I don't have any much more begging than me. Right. It's a lot. It's very taxing. Baby, I'm begging. Baby, I'm begging. Begging, baby. Please share our podcast. Anyway. Okay. That was beautiful. (laughs) That was beautiful. Um, I think it's time. I'm losing my fucking mind. Now that time has uh, serenaded us with that beautiful song. Um, I think it's time to get into the reason why you guys are all here. It's time for our so boom. 
So this week we're going to discuss how to navigate dealing with your loved ones who are battling mental illness. I'm laughing while I'm saying it, but it's it's not a funny. It's not funny at all. I'm just laughing because it's like <clears throat> I think we all know people, peoples in our life who I think um, millennials, right? Millennials too, but definitely millennials uh, and maybe late uh, Gen Xers. I feel like we have a good grasp on mental illness. We have a good grasp on what mental illnesses look like. And though we're not, though we're all not professionals, I think we have, we understand them a lot more where we can kind of like narrow down what we think somebody is going through, right? Mm -hmm. And be like, okay, you need help in this way, which we shouldn't do because we're not professionals. But we can identify when someone is just not like having a bad day, they're having a bad life because they're losing their minds. Um, And I feel like, especially as we uh, talk to our older family members about the psychosis that we see in them, right? It's like, how do we talk to them without uh, making them upset or making them dismissive, right? Because we truly want the best for them. But we, we can also see that they're suffering because they're suffering. Men- they're suffering because their mental health is in crisis. Yeah. Right? Um, uh, so I'm sure antidote. So one of my aunts who, um, I think it's been about, I'll say 15 years since I told my family that I think she has some kind of mental, um, some kind of mental health crisis. Right. And, uh, they've been like, you know, just the beginning, it was like, no, 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 that's just the way she is. And I was like, okay. Right. And then as years would go on, I would like, things would happen. And I was like, I really think she needs like mental health. I think she needs a counselor, therapy, training, medication. Mm-hmm. And it's been like, oh no, you know, it's the, the answers have been like, we'll just pray about it, which is, you know, a very standard black thing to say to, um, mental health or like, that's just the way she is. Or I, her issue is not mental, you know, she's just, uh, you know, not a bitch, but like, she's just a moody person or she's just this, mm-hmm. she's just that. And then it's like, and then again, as I said, as I get older and I read about things and I'm in counseling myself and thinking myself, I'm like, no, I, this, this, <laughs> I don't think it's her personality. I think she may have a chemical imbalance. I think something is wrong. And most recently, uh, about a year ago, she contacted um, my mother and was telling her that she is uh, thinking about going to the hospital, like a 72 hour hold. Oh, wow. Because she really felt like, she said she was just so tired and she just wanted to go to sleep. And she was just telling her, like, she doesn't show, something feels wrong. Mm-hmm. She feels wrong. She doesn't know what to do. She's she been praying about it. And my, mom, and my mom told her, like, well, if you're tired, you just go to sleep. And you know you're praying, so I think you're on a good path. And I was like, no, she should have went to the hospital. Yeah. Like, she should have went to the hospital. It, I it sounds yeah. like she needed help. Like, yeah. she was literally, literally crying out for help, right? Mm-hmm. And my mother meant no harm by it. But that was a disservice. Mm-hmm. because, you know, depending on what you're dealing with, it's highs and lows. Sometimes there's good days. Sometimes there's really bad days, right? So at the point where you're asking for help and help and help is like, no. Like, what happens in the future, right? Like, okay, I won't call again and ask that question because I didn't get the help I needed. Or, yeah. you know, or or I feel like if you're someone that is, like, on the fence with your mental health and not wanting to accept that maybe a problem, and you reach out to someone saying, like, I think I'll medical attention. And they're like, no, you don't need medical attention. Mm-hmm. Like, the next time you have this situation, maybe you'll, maybe you'll also be like, oh, I don't need medical attention. Yeah, I, got, I got through the last time by just going to sleep or just praying about it. And it's like, it's just so dangerous because you never know what the next time is going to be like. Yeah. Yeah. That's, oh, That is tricky, right? Because it's like it's no fault of your mother, right? Because it's like, that's not something that's in her wheelhouse, right? Mm -hmm. And it's very much, uh, we talk about it all the time here, right? It's like the, she's not a boomer, but our exers are just like not that tapped into like, then they don't. She is a boomer, but She is? Mm -hmm. Okay. But even boomers, they, boomers don't believe in it. They don't believe in mental illnesses. They think that they're like, no, you're just having a weak moment. You need to buck up and, (laughs) and, you know, and get on at it. Cause I too have been in a ditch after work one day and asked myself, how did I get here? And I went home and I made meatloaf. Right. And, And it's just, it's just a bad day. Right. And it's like, no. It sounds like you also had a psychotic break right, as well, right. and you didn't address it. So sometimes it's like, like you said, we're not mental health professionals, and it's like sometimes 
as the support person, you're just so out of your depth mm-hmm. with it. Being in relationship with people like that, and and I and, and I know how uncomfortable personally it is because I've had somebody at a very young age, which I did not have any skills whatsoever to say anything to this person that was telling me about their suicidal ideations, and I was like, right, okay, um, I. Don't do it. I don't know. Right. Please don't do it. And I don't know what it is to say to you that will make you not want to do this thing. I don't. And in hindsight, I'm like, okay, definitely. I don't think that person wanted to do the act itself, but was looking for like support and some type of like outward love. But Mm -hmm. this is me as an adult Mm -hmm. um, kind of gauging that. So it's, I don't know. That is a very unfortunate because it's so, it's such a thing, especially in the black community. Mm-hmm. that they'd be like you don't need to go seek therapy if you pray to God go go to your pastor for counseling and it's like yeah you can do both though mm-hmm. you can go to your pastor for counseling like I'm wrestling with this thing and your pastor should tell you you should seek medical profession because that's out of his depth right right oh that is such a and you know and it's it's crazy well to lack of a better word but you know, a lot of mental illness is uh, chemical imbalances. They're hormonal, right? Yeah. Right? So it's not just a bad day. You have a great day, but your hormones mm-hmm. are jacked up. Too much serotonin, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, yes, God can... Uh, <laughs> As you struggle to finish your sentence. God can regulate your serotonin levels. I'm not saying he can't, although that believes he can do anything. He can regulate your serotonin levels. Amen. Amen. Won't he do it? Don't. And then that he's not doing it. You need to go to the doctor and have someone regulate your motherfucking regulate your motherfucking serotonin levels. Okay. No, I do. Yeah, I do. Agree. You you need someone to help you regulate them because I, I think that's also like the disconnect is just like you. Everyone is that when people are under depression that mental illness a lot of times is like outside triggers. Your job, your family, your life. Yeah. It's like no, actually, my hormones are messed up. And yeah. I have no control over what's happening inside my body right now. And I need medication. Yeah. As somebody that was raised with someone with mental health problems, right? I, I was just thinking, I was like, <clears throat> it's really interesting that I can come on this podcast and talk about like, yeah, you need to do these things. You need to support. But being in relationship with someone with a mental health issue that's undiagnosed, Right it could be very difficult to remember that this person is is battling a mental health <laughs> issue. Because as you said, it, it very much is like, oh, you're, why, it's like one question, like, why are you being this way? And you don't have to, you can choose differently. But then also you have to like remind yourself and be like, okay, this person isn't well. But it's sometimes, it is very difficult to like, remember that and differentiate your like mm-hmm. the the two things in your mind when you're like in the moment and you are being triggered by this person with a a mental health issue i i don't know what you said that just made me think of that and i was like ah i'm operating with this person as if they're well right. they're not a well person they're not a well person so the relationship needs to pivot <laughs> the, like i need to pivot how i show up in a relationship and this person doesn't have to pivot. I would love for this person to get help. They don't want to, but mm-hmm. that is very wow. Not me having a revelation, guys. I'm going through every episode. <laughs> I have a friend who, again, not professional, who I deem autistic, right on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. We all are, because I'm. I, I believe so. We all are, but yeah. I do believe their autism sometimes manifests in um, like social cues. And we would argue constantly for years. We've been arguing for like years, right? And then the past two years, like Ty said, I was like, okay, I'm not the one that's autistic, right? <laughs> right? So why am I arguing with them as if they truly understand the basis of this argument? Yeah. Not that like, they understand the context of the argument, but the issue is how we argue, mm-hmm. right? And I, and I do feel like it is the autism that is making the arguments themselves problematic. Yeah. And I was like, so if, I'm, if I can identify that, you know, the issue they have is bigger than the conversation, mm-hmm. I need to be the one to handle the arguments differently. Right. I need to be the one to talk differently. I need to be the one to ask questions differently. I need to take the time to make sure I don't ask questions that I can that I know by now would trigger them. 
right? Because mm-hmm. at first it was just like, I'm just asking fucking questions. Right. Sometimes I have a spite. Right. Because I'm so I'm so triggered. I'm so annoyed by this person. Right? So let me just say the thing. Let me that, just say it. Yeah. I don't care what happens. I know I don't argue. And then one day I was like, but well, I don't want to argue with this person because truthfully, we're just trying to have a conversation and we can't. And I know I'm in more control of what I say and how I'm, how I'm wording things than they are. Right. And I have the skills also to just reword it differently. And and yeah. And I should just do that. <laughs> De-escalate the situation and I, before it begins. Yeah. yeah. And I will say, we have had way less arguments. Because mm. I'm just like, okay, let me think about things before you speak. I'm really, I'll be thinking before I speak. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I did find some, um, just some tips I'm going to go through. We're going to go through them. Um, about how you can deal with someone who you believe is uh, suffering from mental health um, issues. One is very simple. Reach out and ask if they're okay, right? Um, I'm going to read what Dr. Wood said. It said, make sure to try not to blame them for your observations. A good way is by using I statements. For example, instead of saying, you never hang out with us anymore, why is that? You can say, I've missed hanging out with you recently. Is everything okay? Mm. I was like, oh, it makes sense. Yeah. I'm going to be like, where the hell you been? <laughs> <laughs> fuck I do to you what you been um, be direct being hesitant to address concerns about mental health makes it seem like a taboo topic this contributes to the stigma that can prevent people from getting the help they need and I think that's where a lot of people are now it's like even with my mother and I was like okay it said be direct mm-hmm. um, people being hesitant about addressing it makes it seem more taboo okay yeah and my mom when I was telling her about person i was like just ask her she was like what if she gets upset and i was like it doesn't matter mm-hmm. her life is part of it right we're she might be upset we passed that we, yeah we're, we're we're in the danger zone like mm-hmm. you need to address this right now because you love this person right and you're and, and i think also it was like my mom was for, for the, as as i learned i've told her things and she's more like open to the idea of it now mm-hmm. so now that she's seeing it from a different lens she's like oh, i think you're right i'm like i yeah, <laughs> took you guys a while, but right, yeah, yeah. I know. yeah, it's not just her attitude, there's something else oh, yeah. happening here. Um, so I definitely think being direct about it is hard, mm-hmm. but a, necess- a necessity. Um, the second one is listen, and they said this is the most important part give them your full attention, be empathetic, and acknowledge how they feel, even if you never experienced the same feelings. If you have experienced mental health challenges, sharing the information can be powerful and a powerful tool for both of you and the person you're trying to help. Yeah, that's a tricky hard one. That's a very hard one. Yeah. That's a very hard one. Especially because I feel like I was actually having this talk with someone else recently about um, how people empathize and sympathize when you're coming to them. And I feel like what happens, okay, I feel like empathy and emotional intelligence is a spectrum. Some people have not a single ounce of it. Some have a lot. Some are in the middle. Some are still navigating it. Some are figuring it out, right? So I feel like sometimes when you come to somebody with, like, your problem, mm-hmm. right? Like, my problem is yeah. if I go back to my job, I'll kill myself, right? <laughs> That's what I'm addressing here with you. Because I feel like in, when people try to empathize, they're not listening. They are listening, but they're also putting themselves in your position. Mm-hmm. But it's with their person. It's based with their issues, right? Yeah. So, like, the response is, but you need this job because, you know, what about your future? And it was like, what part of suicide see? <laughs> did you not hear, right? So, what they're hearing is, well, I don't have a job. It's like, oh, yeah. I, they, what they're, I think what they're having is, like, I also hate my job. But if I leave my job, I worry about I'm going to pay my bills or whatever else. So, I'm going to tell them to be strong because they got it. But it's like, but that's not their concern. Yeah. Their yeah. concern is that they might not make it pay, pay the next bill. Yeah. So I feel like it's very important to listen and to like empathize by taking yourself out of it, which is hard to do. I think it's hard. I don't think it's easy. Yeah, it is really difficult. Because as you said that, I was like, mm. I and emotional intelligence is a really important thing to have, right? We mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. we're all screaming it from the from the mountaintops, and I'm like, as semi-educated as I am, I'm like, I have poor emotional intelligence. I have poor emotional intelligence. It's it's a hard. It's a hard thing to develop and like learn. It, it's it's a it's another full time job. It's very hard. Yeah, it's it very hard. I think job. it takes. I think it takes. Um, like it's an active thing. Yeah, I don't think it's something you just pick up along the way. I think you have to like think about this thing. Like I said, think before you speak. Like you mm-hmm. really have to think. Uh, something something people do often 
that um, uh, can be helpful, cannot be helpful, is they'll like say, yeah, when I was going through that, and it was like, this is not about you right now. I know, I know that you think that telling me that you've been here in some form is helpful, but I really need it about right. me right now. I need this to be about me right now. And this, and that's, and that's also per person. Some people yes. may, may really enjoy that. They may know, they may enjoy, it. Like, like this thing said, they may enjoy knowing that you've also uh, been a little depressed. Yeah. Right. But, but if you, if you cannot articulate that in a way, which is not taking from their moment. Right. Then it becomes, now I'm sharing your story. That's not why we're here. Actually, when like, I asked you for coffee, it wasn't to hear about you were depressed. Right. It's like, cool, you two been here, but now you're on the other side, but I'm here now and I have these other feelings. Yeah. Separate from yours. And I think that's why also it's, again, very important to seek professional help. Because even though your friend and family may have been through the exact same thing you've been through, it is not your brain. At These all. are two different brains who are dealing with the situation. Um, the next one is encourage. Whether it's talking to family, other friends, or looking into therapy, encourage your friend to take action. Mm. I think that's pretty simple words. <laughs> but it's hard in actuality. I think even we've discussed on this podcast like how many therapists we've been through mm. and how it's not Finding a therapist is not easy. Like I, I'm on my fifth one now, and I kind, I kind of like her. And I'm taking a break because I am a little traumatized. I'm not even gonna lie. Yeah. I'm not even gonna lie. I was just like talking to somebody about my therapy journey, and before I was finishing the point of me getting to like, oh, this wasn't a healthy situation. They were like, no. They were like, <laughs> they were like everything. Everything that you've said for the last two minutes is wrong, and I was like, "Yeah, I know, but it got a little worse." So, like, just finish, just let me finish the conversation. But yeah, I know. I was, like, I, was, worse. I was defending it, but I understand mm-hmm. that it wasn't a good situation. Cool, and it it does. It sometimes you do have to take a break from it, um, and find other avenues, right? Because having a medical health professional is extremely helpful mm-hmm. it is 100 i i me personally i believe in it however i do know that it doesn't work for everybody and there are other ways in which you can get the same healing and it does it, it doesn't have to be like quote unquote the traditional medical health professional route mm-hmm. but i would employ people to exhaust that first and realize that it's not for them first before they just chuck it up and be like oh this isn't for me and I think also you have to understand that the first person you speak to may not be the right person for you. Yeah, and you have to go through, as Asia says, she's on her fifth, maybe yeah. you'll soon be sixth. I hope not. Okay. And I think, but I also think, like, we, we discussed this episode back when we had um, Elasia on discussing therapy and how mm-hmm. it looks different for, how grief looks different for black people mm-hmm. compared to white people, right? Yeah. So, like, the way we laugh through our pain, our references, our, our upbringing, like, we may not jive well with a non-black person which is called the issue but yeah. culturally we understand each other differently when mm-hmm. we talk about different things right so it's like um the therapist i have now i was telling her about like um how i felt like dismissed because i'm a fat black woman mm-hmm. and she's also a fat black woman right okay. and she was like i get it right right oh I, how what a beautiful moment for you was to it? not it was have to like Convince her. That, yeah. That, yeah I, didn't, I didn't have to convince her I'm that happy for you, it wasn't like, well, maybe. no, she was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, okay. Because right. I, I had a script prepared. So I, I was prepared to tell her. Oh, no, I actually, exhausting. Yeah, I had a script ready to convince her. Like, no, well, let me let me give examples of why I felt yeah. this way and how it happened. And she was like, no, like, it is happening. It, that most certainly did happen to you. But I, I still told her the story, but it was just at that point telling her a story. Rather than having to convince her and relive it, that anyway. I felt this thing had happened to me, yeah. right? So I think like that also happens where you just get a therapist and they're not, they're just not right for you. Mm-hmm. And then you hear other stories about people who also therapist wasn't right for them. So it kind of be like, well, it's gonna work for you. And it was like, well, I, t- I looked on my friend the other day. I said, like, I'm use words that are not um, nice, they're not. Acceptable, right? I was like, you've been crazy a long time, right? <laughs> I said, you've been in therapy for like 
a smidgen of time you've been crazy. Right. It's not going to be overnight. No. Like, we're going on, like, 25 years of losing your mind. Uh, a year is not going to be enough, possibly. And also, there's other forms of therapy, right? There's... I've been toying with my own, like, journey with mental health, right? And I'm like, I don't... I think that talk therapy would be helpful for me as a person because I'm not somebody that's, like... Believe it or not, even though I'm on a podcast almost every week talking about mental health my life for myself i'm not somebody that's like super expressive with like thoughts probably yes more than like my feelings and like how i deeply deeply feel about things i don't think like most people close to me will ever know that but i'm like okay i don't because i have this like wall up i don't think i'm like okay at some point talk therapy won't be enough and i've been like so I'm like, okay, there's somatic therapy. And I'm like, I, I'm kind of going towards that because it's like somatic therapy is like um, where you get the feelings out in your body. So it's like, you'll tell a story and like, you know how like I, I flinch or my mm. shoulders go up and it's like, okay, this is where you're holding your attention. So they'll have you do something physical. If you've ever watched um, uh, How to Get Away with Murder, um, when Annalise was beating the pillow and she was like, I am not bad. I am not bad. I am I'm not watching. bad. Okay. That was a, a big scene, but like that's somatic therapy when you're like getting it out in a physical way okay. to like expel the the feelings and bring you to some kind of um realization about something. I was watching this girl on TikTok and she I think she went to a somatic therapist and or some kind of or maybe dream I can't remember. They were going over her issues with her mom and the therapist had her walk through a scene where she felt like her mom didn't support her. Mm-hmm. And so as she was going through the scene, she's talking about it. And she's like, oh, my mom. Oh, she said she felt like her mom didn't love her. And she didn't support her. And she was like her biggest op. And she was like, oh, no, that's not it. It's just that my mom is impatient. Mm-hmm. But the story that I've told myself and I've lived through and walked through my life is like, oh, my mother doesn't love me. My mother doesn't like me. She doesn't support me. And it's like, no, she's just an impatient person and she couldn't do that task with you because she was impatient. So it's just, and I'm like, I I know that everybody's like, oh, you just talk it out, talk it out. You just need somebody to talk to. And it's like, some people don't need people to talk to. Some people really need to like get it in their body, get their anger out, get their rage Mm -hmm. out, get their love, like however else you need to like, get it out of your body so it can click somewhere mentally for you then I think that now in the conversation I'm like okay cool everybody talk about mental health I'm like let's talk about other ways that people can mm-hmm. help themselves besides talking because everybody's not a talker right it's true yeah. and there's I didn't know this well I didn't know the <coughs> excuse me guys um I I think the first three or four therapists were doing uh cognitive behavioral therapy yeah which is more like to me life planning and it was not working for me, and I was really, I was feeling really frustrated with it, and I didn't, I didn't even know that was what I was getting until like a couple of my friends who did all kinds of therapy, mm-hmm. and I said that is it. And the reason why it worked for me is because I'm a, I'm a planner, mm-hmm. right? So they're like, "What's your issue?" And I'm like, "I hate my job," and I said, "Let's get something done." <laughs> I know how to quit this job, right? But I needed skills to not quit right now. <laughs> like, trust me, I know how to leave this job. I know how to break up this person. And that's not. I'm not. My issues are not like follow through and like staying assistant. My issues are like how what can I do to cope right. while I'm currently in this situation. Mm-hmm. And once I discovered I did not like the CBT therapy, mm-hmm. um, I looked for therapists who didn't do that. And then I'm and now I'm like, oh, okay, now we're really just talking, and it's not this like life plan because I don't need help planning my life. And um, what did I say? Oh, and then yeah, so I had and and and. But then there's other challenges, right? Because I too saw a TikTok and this lady woman was talking about uh, the different kind of patients. Mm-hmm. And she was like, people who are like seriously introspective and they think about their life often, they fall through the cracks of therapy yeah. because they come in with their problem and their diagnosis. And then the therapist yeah. is kind of just like, well, you seem to have it all figured out. And it's like, no, 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 I don't. I don't have it all figured out. I just yeah. know what the issue is, and I know what's bothering me. And I need you now. Now, mm-hmm. what are you gonna do? And that's definitely me. I, I, and I'm trying to do that less, but it's who I am. So when I go yeah. therapy, I'm just like I'm feeling anxiety because I got a letter in the mail, and it wasn't what I wanted to hear. 
and I, it made me feel this and I have PTSD and I'm very much like this is what's happening mm-hmm. and it's like yeah well you seem to know what the problem is mm-hmm. and it's like yeah I know that part yeah it's like yeah I know the problem I, I actually also know the solution to the problem <laughs> but what I want us to address is the pattern and why is the pattern keep happening yeah. like walk me through that one babe. Yeah, I, that I don't understand yeah, yeah. also you're the professional so even though I may have I may have photo solution maybe it's not the right one mm-hmm. what do you got Right. <laughs> Since you got the big degree, you know everything. <laughs> <laughs> you got your degree, you know everything. <laughs> show walls. Um, okay, so the next tip is says check in. Let them know you're there to help and that they can talk to you. If you get brushed off the first time, don't give up. And I think that's very important because the brushing off may, be, may feel like abuse. Mm. And it's like I think as what we were talking about earlier, you have to recognize that the problem is not yours. Like, yeah, you it this doesn't feel good, but like there's something bigger than you happening here. But that's really tricky because if it is abuse, <laughs> if you are being abused, right? Then Wait, what they said to do? They said if you get brushed off the first time, don't give up. Oh, like from the person that needs the help. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, because it's like, mm, yeah, you do, like, because it's like, all right, either this is the first time this person is ever hearing this from somebody, Mm -hmm. right? And as much as we are like, oh, people need to be accountable for their actions, let's be real. Being held accountable for your actions sometimes is quite jarring. Mm -hmm. Like, you're like, oh, Oh, okay. You want to challenge me? Like mm-hmm. that's that's a little scary sometimes. And then, if this person is going through this mental health thing, it's probably either on their radar secretly or not completely. And it's like you have to give them time to process. Mm-hmm. Like so, no, they're not. Sometimes they are brushing you off, like oh please, and it's like. But you can't also. It's like a person with a habit, right? It's like until they actually want help for themselves. Then it's never gonna stick. The sobriety is never gonna stick. Right. And it's kind of like the same thing until they actually recognize the problem. Isn't that like the saying in AA or whatever NA? Like you have to recognize. But the first the step is admitting you have a problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The first step is admitting, and not to say that like mental health is a problem. I'm not saying that, but like you have to understand that there is something askew mm-hmm. with you, uh, emotionally, chemically, physically, whatever. Oh lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean. And like you said earlier, it really is a lot of taking yourself out of the equation, which I know it's hard to do, but it's mm-hmm. like, before I come to this person, I have to realize this is not about me, even though it probably will affect the, the relationship that we have, but like, the the most important person is this other person. Person currently going through yeah, crisis. Yeah, going through crisis. Yeah. yeah. So then I read this other thing about, about walking away, mm-hmm. um, so I want to read it out loud. I don't know if I, I don't know how to feel about it, honestly. That's why I put it down. It says, if the relationship becomes too emotionally draining, affects your own mental health negatively, or if there's a pattern of toxic behavior that doesn't improve despite attempts to help, it may be time to consider walking away. Mm. Yeah. I think that's very, very, very tricky. Depending on who the person is. There's so many factors that make that very tricky. And difficult, and I don't know. I, I was like that when I read that. I was like, I th- I didn't expect to see that in the research. I was, but it makes sense, right? Yeah. But it's also like, no, it makes sense in a way that like, if you being in this relationship will either a trigger the person in crises or being in the relationship in the function that you guys are at is impeding on your mental health Mm -hmm. like you have to like they say put your mask on first Mm -hmm. like i i do it is it's kind of a harsh reality right what does that mean huh what does that mean what do you mean put your mask on first put your mask you have to save yourself first like you have like your air mask yeah yeah like you're like yeah you know like in your airplane they're like Mm -hmm. in distress or whatever in the case of emergency, you put your mask on first before you. You know what I'm saying? You, you know what the problem is? What? I was like, what acting exercise is that? Because you know we have all that mask work. <laughs> I said, mm. That is so. I said, mm. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a whole flashback of college. Remember had no, that class? You oh the my mask, god, please. And you have to no. assume the personality. Yeah. I was like, hmm, this please. is deep. I want to explain that one. No, she means put your air mask on a plane. Mm, mask in college, but I had a fucking mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah, like you have to make sure that you're okay first, right? As much as you want to extend and have the empathy and the compassion and the the heart and the love to like really help somebody like if you are not okay in yourself and sometimes like we want to help somebody and we want to be god to people right like you want to be god in other people's lives and it's like that's one that's not your role for the religious people and then also like you're not the universe conspiring and make things happen for this person right so you need to kind of step out of the way of their healing now whether or not it could be difficult right because if this person harms themselves in some way that there there will be some guilt that you may feel mm-hmm. but also that's as fucked up as it may seem to say but that's like not your load to carry because you've exhausted everything that you could yeah in your arsenal to help this person and it's just like sometimes that's unfortunately the way shit shakes out and that's why i feel like now you see so many people on social media talking about how i mean they use the word toxic which is really getting on my fucking nerves because it's becoming like a dead word but like they leave their parents because they feel Mm. like it's a toxic situation and it's like yeah, I'm pretty sure these are undiagnosed psychoses and like how and and people always say like oh it's culture and I'm like it's a culture of unwellness sometimes mm-hmm. like yeah and I think also depending on who they are to you like you know like when someone close to you what's the saying like the person close to you is like the worst worst treatment from you mm-hmm. basically so I think sometimes that people cannot depending on what they're, what they're dealing with they can't hear it from you. Mm right like yes you have probably the best intentions because you are the person that sees them the most knows them the most but like who because because of your proximity to them they cannot hear it from you yeah they're seeing it as judgment as criticism and you're just trying to get them help you're like no i think we really should go see a doctor yeah but but come but someone else will say the same thing yeah and they're like oh you know and it's like and then i've i've been here where i'm like triggered like i said that uh, three months ago and it's like and instead of being like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy, baby. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, fine. Yeah, I did that. Instead of, yeah. happy, instead of being happy that someone was able to get the message through to them, I'm just like, I've been said that. Like, how, 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 how they say it? Mm-hmm. Do they say it so differently? Oh. That now, you, but it's just like, no, this is not the time. This is not about you. This is not yeah. about you. But it's just very hard to remove yourself from these yeah. situations, especially when you do care a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so funny because like it's not like a, I mean it's a crisis to me and my family, and it's just a function of the family. And I see like a problem um, amongst the sisters in my family, and I'm like, and I was like, I think you guys could benefit from going to therapy. And oh my world, it's as if I said that I. <laughs> Wanted to shut corn on the internet while shoving the cards up my ass. <laughs> like, holy mole. Right. And it's just like, you, yeah, it's, and sometimes you, like, you see the problem. You, not even a problem. You see the dysfunction. You see the, the behavior. And you're like, hey, mm-hmm. I think you should probably try to go see somebody. Or maybe you should check yourself into a little... Right. A still, still. Mm-hmm. A little weekend trip. A little, a little weekend. Mm-hmm. A little siesta. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, it's, it, and it is hard to be the one to bring it up. Because mm-hmm. the, the, the blowback is, sometimes it's ex- explosive and violent and not nice. But like I said, you have to remind yourself, you are not dealing with someone in the, in the moment that is at their full capacity. Mm-hmm. Of m- most things, right? Or or of one right. thing, yeah, right. Hmm. And it's hard to like, especially like when you're going through your own shit in life, and you're like, "Damn, now I gotta stop and pivot." And that sounds fucked up to say, but it's true. It's life. It's it. Mm-hmm. It is. It's like. Okay. Now we gotta deal with this one. 
Now we got to deal with this thing, this, mm-hmm. this pivot. But if the relationship matters, you got to. Yeah. You got to. And also communicate that you don't have, you can't be the everything for them because mm-hmm. you don't have the skills, which also is another difficult thing. This is a fucking difficult conversation. God damn. Yo, being an adult, like um, whatever well-adjusted means, is non-stop talking. <laughs> Non-stop figuring out. Non-stop. Like, you really have to be in your brain, in your words. You just got to be figuring shit out non-motherfucking stop. It is tiring. It's time for them to be like, fine, just don't be crazy. I'm going to fuck. Yeah, but then it's difficult if it's, like, your partner, right? Yeah. And now we are in this thing together. You have kids. And we have to navigate. You right. live together. Yeah. And it's not that, like, oh, we have to navigate. I mean, divorce is always an option, but if we made a commitment to each other and we're going to see it through thicker, thin, sickness, and health, okay, you're sickness now, so, and I've chosen to, to hitch my wagon to yours. What we going to do? Now, I do, I'm not sure if we, if we discussed this on this podcast, but, or personally, I don't know. But I remember um, you had said you think people are overusing the overusing the term narcissistic, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't think it's being overused. I think we're just realizing that it is is as serious as other mental illnesses. Mm-hmm. I think I think we've historically was like, oh, they're conceited, they're self centered, mm-hmm. right? I think that's as far as we put the seriousness onto it, mm-hmm. and our that that's just in the DSM. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah, it's a real disorder, mm-hmm. and it's one of the more dangerous ones. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's dangerous, it's not healthy, right? So I do think there are some mental illnesses that you can recognize, and you should walk away for your own health, for your own mm-hmm. safety. Like you, this person, because what they're going through, you, if they're if they're not seeking professional help, you probably can't help them, and you are risking your physical safety if you decide to stay, which is also hard. Yeah, right. But um, I think there are some things we have to recognize that, like. Maybe bigger than us. Maybe bigger than us just like sticking by them. It's like, oh no, I need to kind of be apart from this because I don't know if I want to survive if I try to be there for you in this way. You need to get help. And especially, and I do think there's, what do I know? I do think there's certain disorders, mental illnesses that you can be like, I can deal with this. Mm. (laughs) Right? But I think some are just, some are truly dangerous. Some are, Putting yeah. your physical life in jeopardy, and if the person is not recognizing it and it's getting worse and worse, you for your literally for your safety, you must walk away. Try to leave, try to leave them help with some help if you can. Yeah. But sometimes it your only option is to um like you said put your mask on first like you have to. And that's so hard, right? Because then you're like, I know this person's heart. I know. Oh. I could just weep. That is just such a pickle to be in. But we do have to self-preserve. Yeah. We do have to self-preserve. Yeah. And that's... And that's a difficult... um, That's a tricky thing to navigate, right? Yeah. Because it's like, am I being selfless or am I being selfish? But ultimately, you're being selfless because that person won't. That person won't get better. They won't in the function of the the, the current state of the relationship. They will only get progressively worse because that's how behavior most, works. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. how behavior works. It feeds off of kind of like ignorance and ignorance. Mm-hmm. Ignorance. And ignoring the, the, the behavior. Mm-hmm. And that's how it grows. That's how it germinates and becomes this big, bigger thing. Damn, guys. Yeah. So. Now that's having. No, you gave a lot of tips and tricks. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of having. Like, sometimes the, the patience and the bravery and the patience again to go toe-to-toe with this person, possibly. But I feel like if the relationship is worth it to you, 
You should do it. Yeah. Within reason. Because some people, guess what? I used to get motherfucking thing. I'm blocking that number. I'm taking my bag. You ain't never gonna see me ever again. Don't yeah. worry, worry about me. I, you will, this crazy will be for the next person here. I will, I, this is over my head, above my favorite. Yeah. I don't give a damn. So I'm not doing nothing. I'm not trying to help you. I need yeah. to flee right now before I get killed. So goodbye. And we didn't bring up like, I think also we need to question why we want to help. Mm-hmm. Because I think as somebody, as a reformed uh, people project person, mm-hmm. a people project manager, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think sometimes we want to fix a thing to say that we are, um, not fix a thing, fix a quote, quote unquote, fix a person because you really can't fix people. But, like, you feel like you're, quote-unquote, fixing that person because it makes you feel good about yourself or mm-hmm. the things that you say about yourself. So you also have to ask yourself, like, why do I feel like I, I'm the person to walk them through this thing? Mm-hmm. And and in what way should I walk them through this thing? You should mm-hmm. be walking them to a medical health professional and not, like, a, oh, we can do it by ourselves and... Right. and um white knuckle it like no mm-hmm. no let's not do that i feel you said that and i said i said damn as a virgo and as a woman that's mm-hmm. my best that's my no. bread and butter i was thinking that because i was like i could easily see i can easily see myself being in a relationship with a narcissist and that's how they get you right they show you their heart they show you mm-hmm. their pain they show you so it's all these things that are like i know you're a good person i know that these things are fixable things that mm-hmm. you can but if they don't see the issue if all they see is the constant problems and the the victimization and and eventually what's going to happen is you becoming an enemy of this person mm-hmm. like it's just how it works and it's like oh because i saw the goodness of this person the humanity in this person but it's like no, but the signs were there for you to either get this person the help that they need or for you to walk away for your own safety and yeah. your own health. You said that when you, when you asked, like, what do you get out of it? I was like, I wonder, I can't be sure, but maybe the thoughts I had are accurate. I was like, I feel like maybe because society is like, you know, there was like, there was like oh, but I'm talking about uh, dating a, the man and the woman. Mm-hmm. Um, they always like, you know, be his peace and stuff like that, right? And it's like, you had this man that you failed because you couldn't be his peace. You couldn't help him out. You couldn't be woman enough. Yeah, you weren't patient enough to hold him down. You know, he was going through X, Y, and Z. And you just, like, walked away. You saved yourself. And that man needed you. And it's like, ew. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That is so funny. That is so funny. That is so funny. I don't know why. That just reminded me of um, 702's Get It Together. I'm literally going through the- <laughs> I was just... When I got here, Asia was playing my depression playlist. And I think I... I think I shared on this podcast that, like, 702 Get It Together is a song that I used to just, like, get over this man. Like, I was just like, oh, I had to snap back into it. The amount of times I listened to that song, it felt every word. And I come in here, and I was like, Damn, <laughs> she really felt like she just like was failing this. That was playing when you came. Yeah, I didn't even realize. Yeah, and I was just singing my little heart out, ironing. But it was, it was, yeah. What's yeah. it called? Get together. Mm-hmm. I thought like I like it's. You don't right know up. the pain that I feel. You're taking my love for granted, and you just want to see it your way. Baby, it's about that time to tell you what's on my mind because I'm fed up with you not being here with me. When you know love is all I need, I don't want to stay. I don't want to go. Baby, won't you know, can we get it together? Oh, yeah, that was playing when you got here. (laughs) Would you say it like that? (laughs) Like, it just, I was like, yeah, I'm back there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. they go on to say, I can't let go because being confused just takes control. Hope we can start brand new because I don't want to love you. With the love we share, baby, it's all so rare. I'm willing to try and make you see that all you need is here with me. me. I don't want to stay. I don't want to go. 
They'd be going to let me know. Damn. Uh, Damn. This is probably why I'm having a bad day. No. No. We're going to end this. No. No. Oh, my goodness. Okay, guys. Thank you for tuning in once again to Books of the Katie podcast. We're all, again, just thank you for always showing up and always being here and listening because, you know, we like, we like to talk, apparently. And y'all like to listen. So thank you. And until next time. Bye. Bye. This has been another episode of Pontificating Podcast. You can follow us at IG on Pontificating Podcast or TikTok at Pontificating Pod. Bye. Bye.